liveliest you've been in a while. This is fake. <laughs> Live from the ESG Taffy Wheel. It's the ESG Industries only weekly woke data podcast featuring BS man Matt Muscardi. Come on. Hey, I'm back. Wait, where you? I was where gone were you? for a day. I was yeah. gone. I, I was meeting with important people. In today's eagle-sized grapefruit called March 22nd, 2023, CEO updates, an alternative democracy glimpse at American Express, more bank failure, dumpster diving, and a word from our sponsor. hey Well, can I just say, before yeah. we start off, yeah. an eagle-sized grapefruit is really big. That's a big grapefruit. Our show today is being sponsored by S-Gage, your ESG data solutions provider. That's right. S-Gage. One and only. Ready? I got a lot. Ready? Um, got anything to say? I don't know if anything I'm ready. Uh, no, here. Go. Uh, I wanted to start the show with a bunch of CEO up- updates. We've been fixated on these bank failures so i wanted to just grab they some just of the news we've been i mean missing. like what are you gonna do well, they're you, failing you're gonna talk about other stuff matt <laughs> did howard schultz just pull a bob Iger? that's the first question oh howard schultz i Which think time i, I think this we like j- the fourth time yeah i think we jinxed it because we reported here that he was going to step down on april fool's day that's when oh. the new ceo would take over yeah, but he has a March 29th hearing in front of Senate member Bernie Sanders was threatening a subpoena to get him coming to talk. Howard Schultz acquiesced, but now he's stepping down from Starbucks two weeks early. <laughs> Wait a minute! Didn't they announce the April Fool's date? Yes. So that it really was April Fool's. I got, it was a pre-April. They played Fools. it on us. Yeah, they played it. They were like, "We're gonna just step down April Fool." Gotcha. I'm stepping down early. So not only is he not going to be CEO at the March 29th hearing, but he's also not going to be CEO at the Starbucks upcoming annual meeting in a few days. So he he was supposed to be the acting CEO for both important events. Now he's just going to be like a guy in the room, you know? Yeah, like, he's, he's sure, just... <laughs> Bernie. I got some thoughts, but it doesn't matter. I'm not the I CEO. Don't, I don't even work here anymore. Or is that is he pulling a Bob Iger? You think? Well, if why he he stepped is, down two weeks early? What the hell? If he is, he's pulling it like for the third time, right? This is like his third boomerang try. Come on, he's Howard, stop again. playing games. I, I don't know that he's Bob Igering here. I, I, right. I mean, like, who's he sidestepping? Strive at the annual meeting and Bernie Sanders at a Senate hearing? These aren't sidesteps. I don't think those two would get along, Strive and Bernie. I like that they're both angry about the same place for totally opposite reasons. Uh, Howard Schultz also sent a letter on his way out of Starbucks, a lot of it triggered me. So I'm going to quickly go over the things that Ooh. triggered me. Ah, I like it when you get triggered. This is actually my favorite part of the show. <laughs> uh, he, he calls it his letter to leaders. Dear leaders, he calls it. I'm already oh, triggered. I already hate it. <laughs> the hell is that? Dear leaders. What do you think that is? Just the, all the important people at the company who actually make money? Is that it? No, I think he's distinguishing with there's leaders and, and then there's the followers who join the unions. Well, those are the partners. No, they're not partners anymore. Oh, they're they're not partners? now followers. Well, he refers they're... to them as partners still. Are, unless you're, are you joking with me? No, that's what I, I think. Followers. He's, I think he's. Dis- <laughs> I think he's. He's categorizing. All right. Yeah. 
Here are the things that trigger me. Uh, number two, he says, as I stepped down as interim CEO of Starbucks. I was so humble. I'm the, I was the interim I was just, CEO. I was just here for a little while. Forget the fact that I'm the biggest shareholder. I, I founded the company. <laughs> I was CEO 17 times for 400 years. Whatever. No, that's I was interim. <laughs> he says, I am leaving you with this letter written on the sunset of my last day as CEO for all you to read on the morning of this new era. I mean... <laughs> This is bad poetry. I'm sorry. He should know better. I know he's taken a poetry class at college. He should know better. This sucks. Did he really write that? Written on yes. the sunset? And by the way, he uses the CEO acronym in lowercase. What's he doing? Oh, come on, What's man. What's he up to? I don't get this. That's So it's bad in every single direction. He says... This is not a letter with advice. Matt, the whole thing is advice. It's all did, advice. Anybody, did, it's 100% a, advice. Was there a grammar check, too? I don't, get, not... I don't get that. What is that? A humble brag? What is a... This is not advice. I don't get I'm this. I'm going to start referring to myself as CEO, all lowercase, though. He, then he comes off with a very a quote that looks like it came out of Star Wars out of... Uh, what's his name? Obi-Wan Kenobi? One of those sure. guys? Yeah, yeah. Everything okay. you need to know resides inside of each of you. <laughs> <laughs> How's that helpful? Maybe that's what he means by this is not advice. How is that helpful? I like that. It, <laughs> it means I need nothing except for you to pay me. He says, what I want to write to you about is the love and responsibility for our company that we all share, except that he just happens to share 22 million <laughs> times more than you do. He said, That's a quick scream. I like that. Today, he, said, he says, today I'm entrusting you all with Starbucks. This, the interim CEO is entrusting? Uh, this is a little off. Right? Anyway, Look, this is, he's got yeah. the power. Something that holds a place in my heart, second only to that of my beloved family. Why does he have to rank them? Why yeah, does he have to? I, I, I don't know. Do? Does well, his family hate him? Is look, he trying he, to kiss their butt? What's he's happening? right about his ranking, right? Like okay. he's got it. It does go family, then, then Starbucks, Starbucks leaders. Just I don't the get leaders, why though. It's addressed this. to the leaders. It's not addressed to Starbucks. To the leaders. Uh, more bad poetry. Our company is like a river. Blah 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 blah. Oh. Right. <laughs> that's a tired metaphor howard I, maybe he didn't take a poetry course Our no how's that a tired metaphor how many ceos describe their companies as rivers he says the stewards of it will change over time but it's always growing and changing carving a new path and moving forward to something better oh is that oh, really what a river is ri doing oh, i'm feeling the river now he the says river as does, I, it seems yeah. so it's a little disingenuous because the river does keep going back to his house it just keeps rotating. Well, as a boomerang CEO, right? It's like yeah, a. That's what I mean. It's like one of those lazy rivers at a theme park that kind of starts over again. It's like, like an MC Escher drawing, yeah, like, like a snake <laughs> eating its own tail. <laughs> yeah, it goes. It keeps. It looks like it's going somewhere, but it just goes back. He says, "As I step away, I leave you all as the stewards in service of all of our partners, unless they want to organize. I guess. In which yeah. Case, no. 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 They're not partners. I told you." He says they are the heart and soul of our company. Uh, did he write that on the sunset about their? So what does it mean, souls? the heart and soul? Does it just does it just mean the least paid, the least listened oh, to? What is this? What does yeah. that mean, heart and soul? Yeah. There, it means they have fewer shares, and yeah. if they organize in any way, they, they will want be, something. They will them. be released from. 
I love this. This is some great humble bullshit. He says, our partners have been teaching me for more than 40 years. Oh, really? That's the breaking news of the day. <laughs> so just like, real something. Li- just like real life teachers, they're also the worst paid. Oh, And nobody really listens to them. Yeah, That makes I, actually does make more sense then. Here's, here's probably my least favorite line. He says, they will help you all continue to earn your green apron every day. Oh, no. <laughs> is the, the green so apron is doing. a Holocaust blanket. See what he's doing? He's like toppled over the actual hierarchy. And he's, what he's trying to say is like what you're actually striving for is the green apron. All of us executives, we're trying to get to the lowest rung, right? Because that's where the heart and soul is. Yeah, but here's my confusion, yeah. because if everything you need to know resides inside you, mm-hmm. then will everything inside of me help me earn my green? Do I need to earn a green apron? Like, how do I earn it if it's already inside me? I'm amazingly, confused. Amazingly, if you're hired as a barista, you just get the green apron the first day. That's, do they give it to you now? Is that the, <laughs> no actual achievement. It's the new policy. I didn't yeah. know that. Well, don't they all wear green aprons? I mean, when you <laughs> I walk think in there. Oh, so, yeah. And finally, he says, he says, and importantly, lean into the joy. There is oh, so there much it joy. Is. So There's much joy. There's a lean into the joy. I was yeah. wondering when um, we'd hear from uh, Lean In Cheryl Sandberg. How do you do that anyway? If you're the CEO, like if someone is laughing, do you just kind of like quickly hug them? How do you lean into joy? What do you do? You squeeze them? I don't know. I just listen to the voice that resides inside me that's carving out rivers and valleys. Moving on, something we missed here. This is about back to Silicon Valley Bank. Bernie Sanders says that Silicon Valley Bank's CEO, Greg Becker, he was on the regional Fed Federal Reserve Board that was overseeing his own company, Matt. And, <laughs> and here's why I bring this up is uh, – First of all, thank you, Bernie, for kind of playing in our arena. This is our job. But second, I want this data. How come this data doesn't exist? I want Federal Reserve Board data. Oh, that we can get. We'll, come on. Let's get it. Let's, um, I'm I'll, sick I'll of not a, having all the board data. Right I want here. it all. Um, okay. And what we're going to do is we're going to have all of it. That's great. I like that, Bernie. Uh, TikTok CEO, Show Chu. You see... This is how much the, the article is called that he's eluded the spotlight until now, but now he has to testify in front of Congress tomorrow. He's testifying in front of Congress, of course, because everyone is scared of TikTok because they're scared of China, I guess. But l- let me tell you how accurate this article is. He's eluded the spotlight so much that I had to look up how to pronounce his name today. Oh, ah. so congratulations. Despite being the CFO of parent company ByteDance and the CEO of TikTok, I guess we're starting to learn who Show Chu is. I mean, it, you're yeah. kind of, you're kind of asking like why we don't know the name of the guy who runs the finances at the KGB. Isn't that like part of the thing? It's like a... here's my favorite part. You always have this complaint that that the people who run tech don't like let their actual children use it and they don't yeah. use it. Matt, you know how many posts he has the TikTok? The CEO of TikTok. CEO of t- uh, yeah. I mean, how long has it been around? I would guess you got to do like. You're not going to do one a day. You're going to have your staff do like, you know, one every two days oh. times five years. So I don't know, a thousand? 23. 
<laughs> he, he, like us, doesn't give a shit about TikTok. <laughs> he hates his own platform. Well, doesn't that tell you, though? Isn't that Elon Musk's argument against the Twitter execs? They didn't even use Twitter? That Whatever. That was his, one of his things. Uh, this, yeah. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry I brought it uh, up. Let's move on to other green, greener pastures. The IPCC Climate Science Report released this week. <laughs> I don't know what to say here. Uh, here's a quote. I mean, it's the here's a worst quote. thing that you could read. Yeah, there is a rapidly closing window of opportunity to secure a livable and sustainable future for all. That's kind blah, of the blah, main blah. takeaway. No, yeah. look. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. That was a that was the most like gentle headline of them. Mm-hmm. There were headlines that were basically like, "We need to turn off oil and gas and coal by 2040." Which okay, I'm ready. I, I'm not great at math. But yeah. that's real soon. Sooner that's than 2050. Like, we've been talking about 2050 for years, and now it's yeah. 2040. Um, that's th- All these pledges go right out the window. They are talking about how um, it, we're about to hit a tipping point where if it doesn't change, like, immediately we die. We just, we're dead. We're just all dead. Everything on the planet is dead. Right, but scientists are also, I guess they're politicians too, according to the Vivics in the world, right? They're just yeah. a bunch of... It's just politics. I mean, this is just this is just alarmist, shrill. What do they what do they call it? Shrill alarmist. <laughs> oh, okay. Anything to say about that, or can I move on? No, I just I want to acknowledge that it came out, acknowledge that it's horrific, and acknowledge that because of Silicon Valley Bank being woke, no one cares. Uh, let's move on to the alternative democracy. There's an article, like American Express shareholders will be asked to vote on an abortion-related shareholder proposal, okay, despite the company's effort to ditch the proposal. This is a, a uh, the shareholders are requesting a report outlining the risks and costs of complying with law enforcement requests for data regarding the company's customers and state laws criminalizing abortion access. So is this one of the first abortion-related Shareholder proposals? I'm trying to remember. No, there have been a few adjacent ones. So I did a little bit of a deep dive on American Express. Here's what I found. First of all, they talk a good game. They have an eight-page ESG section, Matt, in their proxy. Oh, really? Eight pages? Yeah. Wow. That is saying something. I will say to all of the our fans over at Strive Asset Management, I know you listen to us because you don't update your website anymore because we make fun of you so much. You <laughs> might want to turn the volume down because some of this might make you cry. This is going to be uncomfortable. Like like in the same way that I cry when I when I read that uh, since Elon Musk took over Twitter and anti-Semitism has doubled, this will make you cry, okay? <laughs> This is like their anti-Semitism? Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, here are some of the things that American Express talks about. Uh, they actually have, they have actual ESG goals, Matt. Actual goals. What? Like, like maintaining 100% pay equity. Yeah, okay. That's going to happen. <laughs> like double annual spending with underrepresented owned suppliers. Well, that sounds like a pledge everyone makes. Uh, no, they actually have actual goals. They report. They report what they're doing. They 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 report it all. It's all in there, and they don't have far-reaching uh, dates. They like they have one about doubling a, a a baseline to the end of 2024. I mean, they have actual numbers, actual this goals. All seems very not meritocracy based. They have a, an actual office of enterprise inclusion, diversity, and business engagement. They they oh, actually publish. Right. They, 
they publish global workforce representation data. They they give you the data right there. I, I think that shriek was Vivek. Was that Vivek? <laughs> they flex on their strong ESG ratings. Oh, <laughs> what does that mean? It means they tell you what they get at MSCI, Sustainalytics, Human Rights Campaign. You know, they they oh, they, they tell, like they're, oh, they're just telling they're you. proud of it. Yeah. They're proud. Yeah. Okay. Wait until it's a double D or whatever. Uh, and here's what I found. Okay, but here's what I here's what we found here at Board Saber Metrics. You ready for this? Yeah. So they, they do some good flexing, but here's where it gets a little problematic. And here's where our data, you really should be buying our data after hearing it's this. It's silly okay. that you don't. Uh, only 31% of the body count at American Express is represented by women on the board. Only 31%. That seems low for a company flexing that much. 31%, five out of 16 directors. It's arguably not the worst. But here's their influence, Matt. The actual influence these women have on the board, including one that who had been there for over two decades, although she has zero leadership roles. They represent only 13% of total influence on the board. Yeah. And after the 2023 what? AGM, what? where where long-term director Charlene Barchevsky stops out, they're gonna women will only represent nine percent of the voice wow. at American Express. That is disturbingly low. Disturbingly low. It's hard. Actually, like, look, credit where credit's due. I've said yeah. this before. When you mm -hmm. have that many women on the board, to not give them any responsibility is hard. Not none. Yeah, you I will say that the chair of the risk committee is a woman. I'll give them that. No. Okay, good. 9% of the influence. You know, I only really covered this just to shoehorn in a plug for us. See what I did there? <laughs> well done. Well done. Okay. Every, everybody's appreciative. And finally, before I hand off, we got to talk about our favorite asset manager, Strive. Ooh. Matt, you told, me, you told me today, so I did a little digging. Uh, one of the proposals that they backed at Apple uh, called uh, Civil Rights and Non-Discrimination Audit Proposal. Yeah, they don't like audits, but they do like audits. That's what's confusing. Here's what Apple said about this proposal. It said... The proponent mischaracterizes Apple's commitment to inclusion and diversity by suggesting that our policies promoting these goals are discriminatory. Ah. Even Apple's like, like what, what is going on? <laughs> Apple's like, because <laughs> we want to hire everybody, we're discriminating yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it, it failed miserably, Matt. Only 1% of the vote. One per, I mean, this is low for even a share of the proposal. 1% said yes. 1%. <laughs> oh, oh. That's kind of no, sad. sad. I thought Here, I thought there'd be much more racism embedded in proxy voting. Let me give you at least a glimpse into some of the digging I did today. This proposal was put up by the National Center for Public Policy Research. Okay. Okay. The current uh, head of corporate governance at Strive, uh, someone named Justin Danhoff, uh, he was previously executive vice president at National wow, Center there's no for Public Policy Conflict. So that's where Vivek found oh, him. Yeah, that must okay. have been a hard get. Yeah, <laughs> hard get. Uh, the founding CEO, Amy Ridenhauer at National Center for Public Policy Research, she was famously anti-environmental policy, but but pro-tobacco. Oh, thank God. Somebody <laughs> she famously is. supported the tobacco uh, industry. What does yeah, that like look that. like to be pro-tobacco? <laughs> I guess she was just pissed off that people were that people were coming after them. When you're pro-tobacco and announce it, do you are you smoking three cigarettes at the time? <laughs> How does that work? Uh, well, I will say this: uh, Amy is no longer with us. Her 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 husband took over the National Center for Public Policy Research. A man named David Ridenauer. Here's where it gets confusing, Matt. I want you to help me. Okay. Strive took 
credit for Disney ousting the very woke Bob Chapin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah. a big was victory super lap. Woke. Yeah. So yeah. I heard all about in, it. In 2020, the current CEO at this anti-woke firm, David Renauer, in 2020, he wrote an article calling for Bob Iger to step down because he was too woke. Yeah, of course. Accusing accusing him of having a, quote, hissy fit because he resigned from one of Trump's business advisory panels, which he called a terribly bad example for the millions of children who go to Disney yeah, each year. Yeah, the children were really concerned about their being on a business advisory panel. He also said because of this hissy fit, no, quote, no one is going to take seriously any of ABC's reporting on climate change. Because he didn't join Trump's panel? I mean, <laughs> because he's taking, because he's, because he's being political, Matt. He's not being excellent. Uh, yeah, but what's he think? Because he's taking, because he's taking sides. He's, you know, but he's, Iger's back now. So what does this mean? I, this, exactly. What does it mean? Vi, uh, Vivek Strive, reach out to us. Come, come on, back on the show. Come on. Explain to us the victory tour of Bob Iger coming back, the same guy that you all you, you were, thought wanted you to get rid of by getting rid place. of Chapik and Iger's back. And now Iger's... Yeah. Back. Explain it to us. All right, that's it. That's all I all got. Right, here, let's do something else, something entirely different, which is banks. No, oh, specifically, yeah, an autobiography of Credit Suisse. I'm looking forward to this because I, I one thing I don't usually miss you, but but on Monday when digging into the banks alone, I, I needed the former. What were you? The former head of what were you? I was the MSCI? head of the financial sector research at MSCI ESG. Right. So you might know something. No. Here's what I did find, though. Um, Credit yeah. Suisse, like SVB, mm-hmm. actually had money. So okay. the capital ratios of the bank, which is how much money they have to have on hand in case of like bad stuff, were super not woke. They were. What does that mean? They weren't woke. They, what does that mean? I mean, like they were. Like a woke number would be we spent all our money on diversity and we don't have enough or like capital. Green bonds or, or green something. bonds yeah. or like yeah. financing George Soros's backyard <laughs> right. gardener. I right. don't know. These yeah. these numbers were super not woke in as much as. 2019, 12.7% CET1, which is core equity, um, uh, the tier one ratio. You don't need to know what that means. Suffice it to say, uh, 2022 was 14.1%. It went up, like basically uh, over time. They were keeping enough money on hand in case shit got bad. And shit did get bad. Shit did get bad. Credit Suisse also, coincidentally, while they had some money, they sucked at the job of being a bank. Or anything related to banking, really. They seem to, yeah. Um, in 2022, they wrote down $7.3 billion for every imaginable reason. Deferred tax yeah. assets, archegos, like depositor mm-hmm. outflows, lower co- $3 billion in lower commissions and fees from um, from actual bank. They Everything that like could go wrong with being a bank went wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, to their name, to their credit, they were the original one percenter bank run meme stock because in October yes. of 2022, absolutely, they had this mm-hmm. social media frenzy about they were failing and the losses were mm-hmm. so bad. Pull your money out, and in just that month, they saw enough depositor outflows to be a primary cause of them failing last like this week, last over the weekend. I mean, you can only play that game for so long. And here is. 
a short list of what makes them one of the worst at yeah. running a bank. And not just running not a bank. Not the worst? Just only one of the worst? Only one okay. of the worst. Deutsche Bank is arguably much worse. Um, okay. But they're actually bad at humanity. Here's here, <laughs> yeah. here's a short list of things that they managed to accomplish since like 2017. This is all the times they've had to settle with a regulator or settle with somebody because they lost them a tremendous amount of money. They paid mm -hmm. 21 billion. That's a B mm -hmm. billion dollars in mm -hmm. fines and settlements. Wow. For the following probably not woke items or woke items. I don't know what these are. You'll have to tell I'll me. I'll determine the answer to that, yeah. Uh, rigging foreign exchange markets. Okay. Feels not woke. Rigging no. bond markets. They did that too. Um, yeah. They abetted tax evasion. Now, that's definitely not woke, right? Was it George Soros's tax evasion? Oh, good point. I didn't look into yeah. who evaded the taxes. Um, abetting FIFA corruption. FIFA's not woke. Okay. Everybody abets that. <laughs> <laughs> abetting drug traffickers, mm -hmm, Bulgarian mm -hmm. drug traffickers. Yeah. They paid for that. Mm -hmm. spying Those are the only ones they caught. On, yeah. Spying on their own employees. Well, yeah, this came this came from the CEO level. Yeah, with actual spies, too. They hired, like, yeah. actual private investigators. Actual <laughs> spies, yeah. like, track them. Yeah. Um, breaking their own tax evasion and abetting settlement. They, made, they settled sure. with authorities. Sure. And then, like, four years later, they forgot the settlement and just broke it. Like, they just broke it again. Rigging global interest rates. And then there's general corruption and then fraudy investments. It does feel like there's a huge list here. This all, when you, you know, I was kind of glazing over this list. You know why? Because this all sounds very credit suicy to me. <laughs> It does. It's like a, really, it does. a credit suisse stew. Because we reported on most of these stories, and it's just like it never ends with credit suisse. I guess it ends now, but it, it never seemed to end with credit suisse. But here's the here's here's where it gets into board saber metrics territory. Because uh, lest you think that um, this is just they, they like suck at stuff, and it's hard for them, and they failed as a result— it, so what you're saying is that ESG data might actually be relevant when articulating the risk at a company? You're saying it's, it's I will potentially say, relevant? Every one of these facts are pulled mm -hmm. from an ESG data provider. Wow, weird. <laughs> weird and wild. Yeah, go ahead. Here is the frat party that was Credit Suisse. Here's Board oh, yeah, Saver Metrics. Yeah. Okay. The most influential director since 2017 is Urs Rohner. Sure. He averaged 18% of the influence in that time. Chair. He was the chair right. for a long time yeah. until 2021 when he was booted from the board. Yeah, he was. Mm -hmm. it, I actually went through and multiplied the influence of each director since 2017 against the settlements in each year. Ooh. And okay. what I have is a top five of directors who oversaw the biggest payouts for fucking horrible behavior from the board every single year. Now, these were the five directors with the biggest influence on the board? No, not even the biggest influence. No. They just okay. stuck around long enough to keep paying for bad shit. Got right? it. Got it. Mm -hmm. Rohner oversaw $3.7 billion in payouts. Number one mm -hmm. by far. No, not by far. Nargalwala, $3.1 yeah. billion. Schwann, mm -hmm. $2.2 billion. Gottschalk, $2.2 billion. Tyner, $1.6 billion. The top five directors... Out of something like 25, account for $12.1 billion of payouts at Credit Suisse. Okay. The rest are about $9 billion. And notice something about the top five. Yeah. None of them are women. Well, yeah. 
because now that the frat party is over, Credit Suisse mm. went through two rounds of who's going to clean up this mess. The first round was calling yeah. up Uncle Risk Expert. Right. And this is something I reported on Monday is that, that what, what we often see in these situations are companies kind of scratching their heads and, and throwing women at the <laughs> so, problem, right? Well, they didn't do which that. Which makes you wonder, which makes you wonder why wouldn't you get the women in the first place if you know that they're valuable to have around just in case. But they didn't do that first. They did that okay, they didn't. after they tried to call their uncle risk expert. After the first the failure. first failure. Or the second failure. They yeah, threw the something else at it, or, a bunch of a yeah, different right. men at it. Okay. And the risk expert influence on the board 2017 was 14%. 14% of the so influence. basically nothing. Nothing. Yeah. nothing. There were, basically, no one cared about risk management. That's that's like the female influence on the board of American Express. It, it basically doesn't and exist. And just to compare that to Silicon Valley Bank, Silicon Valley Bank, their risk influence was zero. Zero percent. So we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about banks that right? who don't zero. care about managing risk. 2018. Ugh. It is a it is a bummer. I got <laughs> it. The only it's thing a bit they of a have downer. to do. 28. I know, but it's kind of depressing. 2018 was 14%. 2019 was 9%. 2020 13%. I guarantee that those numbers went up. Yeah, 2021 was the first year somebody woke up and said, "Should we bring in okay. someone who knows something about risk?" Because it goes to 24% yeah. influence. Oh, quarter of the board. Good. 2022, yeah. 27% influence. Right, 2023, right. the most recent before they failed, 33% of the board influence was with risk but it, experts. It, it always kind of felt like too late at Credit Suisse, though, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, well, here's the thing. The frat yeah. party that they threw, they trashed the hotel room or the Airbnb, and they realized they weren't going to get their security deposit back. So they called up the first person that they knew, which is their uncle, being like, dude, you clean stuff. Can you come over mm -hmm. and check this out? And the uncle was like, yeah, there's nothing I could do about this. And that was in 2021. Right. Okay. In after uncle risk expert looks at it and says, this isn't going to work. Well, he first he cashed the paycheck. Well, obviously. But yeah. And then he's like, no, I can't, I can't do, do anything, anything about this. You have to pay me <laughs> yeah. for the advice. Then yeah. they turn mm -hmm. to the ladies. Yes. Yes. Because I, I remember reporting that. Four, they've hired, they appointed four female directors just in the last two years. And here is the worst part. In 2017, yeah. female influence on the board was 6%. Ugh. Six. Yeah. And this is in, and this is in Europe where just about every other country has some type of mandate in place and is realizing the importance of having a few women on your board. But th those mandates never hit Switzerland. Well, just, just think if this is a 10 person board or so. Mm hmm. That's less than a person worth of influence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can't do the math that way. 2018, 6%. 2019, 11%. 2020, 10%. 2021, 14%. Now remember. Right, so no real real, no real movement. No real there, movement. Yeah. 2021 is when they brought in Uncle Risk Expert. And Uncle right. Risk Expert very quickly said this isn't going to work. In 2022, female influence of the Credit Suisse board goes from 14% to 30% of the board. Wow, it still feels low, but yeah, that's that's a big success for Credit Suisse. When Suisse's. they fail, 41% right. of the board influences female. They threw yeah. women at it. So they there this is let's just summarize the glass cliff here. Like I was going to say this is this does a perfect demonstration of the glass cliff. They yeah. basically throw a, a a frat party. 
the risk experts say there's nothing you can do. You guys are bananas yep. terrible at your jobs. And then they frantically hire women and put them in positions of moderate power on the board to mm-hmm. compensate for the fact that they were terrible at their jobs. They asked the women to play janitor. And talk about and imagine how much that sucks anyway because you you've you, you're you're writing off so much money. You're paying all these funds. There's probably not even free coffee anymore, <laughs> right? Like, there, like there's no there's fun nothing. left at Credit Suisse. They're nothing. actually talking about, like, they were carving out First Boston to sell off and, like, spin off. Like, all the fun stuff was done. The women, if you join this board, you, do you look around and you're just like, A, what the fuck did you guys do? And B... Really? This is I have. We don't get to have well, any fun. I don't think, fun? You think the women were that surprised. I think they know what they did. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't yeah. have any fun. And of the twenty-one billion dollars in settlements that got mm-hmm. paid up by Credit Suisse in the period leading up to their failure, two point five billion is accountable to women, leaving okay. fully nineteen billion dollars worth of shit that men broke. Right. And that that I think is an adequate summary. That is my that's good full like on that. autobiography of Credit Suisse. You can't blame this on anything really except a wonderful frat party. Well, it it does again. It does remind me of one important thing: is that if you if you know eventually you need women to do the smart stuff. Why not just have them on the, originally if on the ride? If they're worth calling like, you know I mean? to clean up your mess, call right. them before the mess. Yes. And then they you. can do it before it gets messy. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get out of here, our sponsor, S-Gage, he, every week they send the great Paul Hodgson over to our studios, I guess. Is he he's, here? He's been waiting outside. In the he's cold. Some report. What's, his, what's he talking about this I week? I think he's now? talking yeah. about women, too, isn't he? Whatever. Let's fr- come on. Paul, Let's go. Come in. Tell us what you're talking about. Whatever he says, I'm, I'm, I'm happy just going to listen. With. Here you go. Here's Paul. Hello there. This is Paul Hodgson with the S Gauge Statistic of the Week. Uh, just a quickie this week on new female directors. Now, there's been a lot of push in the last few years about increasing the gender diversity of U.S. boards uh, because there were many, many boards that were all male. And that situation has changed pretty significantly um, over the last three or four years. Not as much as in Europe, where there tend to be more active quotas requiring companies to take on new directors who are women. Um, We don't seem to like quotas in the U.S. We don't like being told what to do, uh, which generally means that we don't do it. But there have been improvements. So the statistics that we're looking at this week um, between 2018 and 2023, and it's very early days for proxy season in 2023, so we'll have a look at the the sample size of that a little later on, um, shows a pretty significant increase in the proportion of new directors, um, that's directors who are appointed first time to the board, who are women. So back in 2018, it was only 25%, just a quarter of women um, were new directors in 2018 and that increased to just under a third in 2019 and then again another big increase to two-fifths in 2020 so 41.2 percent were women new directors in 2020 
Um, it dropped back a little in 2021, but only to 37%, and then rose again in 2022 to 42.1%, so getting higher than a fifth. Uh, at the moment, we've only... Um, can't see that particular number. There's only 150 companies have filed proxies so far this season, uh, with only 105 new directors. But the numbers are holding steady at 41%, even with that small sample. Um, of course, that may change, um, and that proportion might increase when we have all of the proxies in um, at the end of proxy season. But at the moment, it's holding steady, um, and we'll see if there's an increase later in proxy season. So that's Paul Hodgson signing off with S-Gage Statistic of the Week. I hope you have a great Wednesday. That's, that's Paul. 41% does not sound like a lot. Thank you, Paul Hodgson, S-Gage, our ESG data... <laughs> Why is that a question? <laughs> your sorry, your ESG data solutions there provider. <laughs> that's all we got. That is more. What? That's all. That, what do you mean? That's, that's you know how much that lot. is really when you there's think a, about it. Come there's on, a lot. That's David Ross. I'm Matt Miscardi. We are free float. This is Business Pants. It's Woke Wednesday. Come back tomorrow. We're gonna do a quiz. We're gonna do something. We're gonna have some fun. Until then, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>